Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and this is episode 113, Fearing People, Failing God. I thought about that title for a long, long time as I have thought about this lesson for quite a few hours. You know, this is a challenge that we all face. And if you think you don't, Well, Lord willing, God will open up your eyes to just how much the approval of others matters to you. I'm not much of a reader. I think I might have mentioned that on this podcast before. But I've discovered audiobooks last month on Hoopla, which I will explain here in a moment. But... I checked out my limit at the library, and I read 90-something percent of them. There was one book in particular that I only needed to read part of it for what I was doing, but I still have it checked out, and I read a little bit of it today. Most of what I've been reading is Christian fiction. I didn't even really know a whole lot about the genre. The only thing I knew about probably had to do with Frank Peretti, who I absolutely love, and He has at least one or two books that I read every year back in the old-fashioned way of reading. But audiobooks have opened me up to a totally different world. Authors that I've never heard of, uh, Kara C. Putman, um, Colleen Coble, which is who I'm going to mention right now, uh, Lynette Eason. I've listened to so many of her books over the last few months. So Hoopla is a free app. I have it on my iPhone, but I'm sure it's available on other platforms. And it taps into my local library, and I'm able to check out whether it be ebooks or audiobooks. And it's just changed my life. It really has. It has improved the quality of my life because I am able to read books. I pause because I I never have known this world. I haven't. Because my focus when trying to do traditional reading, I just, the way my mind works, I, I don't focus well. And in the life that I have at the moment, I'm not going to sit down and physically read a book. I don't care whether it's on Kindle or whether it is the old fashioned kind. It's not going to happen. Whereas as I'm moving and going and commuting, I can listen to audiobooks, and they have made such a difference. The one I'm going to mention today is called Dangerous Depths. So it is the third in a series by Colleen Coble. And it there's one particular character that as I was preparing for our lesson today in 1 Samuel 15, I was thinking about him. So, there is one particular family that is highlighted in this series of books. And the character, the main character today is Bonnet. And Bonnet is in love with a lady named Leah. Uh, This is set in Hawaii, which is a totally different culture to me. I've learned so much and it's caused me to want to understand a whole lot more of the culture. 
But Bonnie, someone that you and I could relate to in one particular way. Bonnie knows that God has made him in a particular way. God has gifted him as a man who is an artist in his mind. And yet this was something that he had fought throughout his lifetime, even with this young lady that he loved. He would always hold back that part of himself, thinking that somehow or another he needed to fit into some sort of mold because it was going to change the opinions of others if they knew who he truly was. And the book ends with him finally, finally opening up not only to Leah, but to the people who mattered most in their life, lives. And how many of us go through life and maybe even our entire life not being all God created us to be because we are so focused on what others will say. You know, I was thinking earlier today as well about a little boy I know. And years ago, he was playing basketball. Precious little fella. He was playing basketball and he's out there and he's running and he's jumping. And you think that he's totally in his own world, totally focused on just the game. But he turns around and he looks at the person he loves the most. And he looks for her approval. He could run and jump and play this game that he absolutely loved. But when it was all said and done, he wanted to see the smile of the one he loved the most. He wanted to know that she was noticing. He wanted to know that what he was doing mattered and he had her attention. Whose opinion matters most in your life? Many of us who are followers of Christ would love to be able to say, oh, I live as one of the Christian songs that came out a few years ago said, I live for an audience of one. But is that really true? Is it true that you live each day 24 seven only seeking to please God and God alone. Ecclesiastes 12, 13b says, Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. When it comes to looking to someone to see if they have eyes of approval for you, if you are a follower of Christ, you should only need the approval of one. 
But how often do we live our lives seeking to please another or seeking to, as best we can, not displease another? Many within the sound of my voice may be living with the anticipation that they're never going to be able to live up to the bar that someone else has set. They're just living each day to try to keep the damage as low as possible. That was what was going on with the girlfriend character in that same book. Leia had this mother. And this mother was very successful from a human standpoint. And Leia had always felt that she did not measure up to her mother's goals for her. And that was the truth. I mean, the lady was just blunt and said pretty much that Leia had failed her. Does that ring with you? Is there someone in your life that you... You would love beyond anything to gain their approval. And yet it's like jumping for the brass ring and you just can't even touch it. And yet God made you unique. God knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by him how our lives would be different and how the eternal destinies of so many would be different if we lived each and every day seeking to fear God and obey His commands. How would that change how you interact with others? How would that change how you share the gospel with others? So many of us do not share the gospel with those who are dying around us because we are so afraid of what their opinion will be of us. How different the eternity of so many would be if you and I decide today no more. No more looking to others for validation. I am only going to fear God and serve Him forever and trust that He will He will approve of my obedience. We've been talking about King Saul, the first king of Israel. We've been walking through some of his darker days. And last week we talked about obedience is better than sacrifice and how we have this temptation, just like Saul, to bargain with God. But God, I won't talk to my neighbor about you, but I'll do something good for them, or I'll talk to my coworker, but I won't talk to my neighbor. Like that, that whole kind of thing. And that's what Saul had done. 
Saul had set in his mind that he was going to do whatever he wanted to. And Samuel, the prophet, Samuel comes to check on him. And Saul is like, yep, done everything God told me to do. Which was supposed to be to get rid of all of the Amalekites, including all of their livestock, everything. And Saul talks to him about, well, you know, we kept the best stuff. You know, we're going we're gonna to sacrifice to God. That's what we're going to do. And Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. That's in 1 Samuel 15 and that's what we talked about last week. And you can go back and listen to last week's podcast if you would like. And then we follow up with the next phase in the story of Saul. God has rejected him. God had already rejected him and what he was doing. But now God has, has through Samuel, said that his blessing is off of Saul and his lineage that he is going to be replaced, that God has already chosen a man that is going to rise above. And after Samuel has called Saul down, we jump into the story for today. And this story is Saul's response. This is 1 Samuel 15, 24. It says, Then Saul admitted to Samuel, Yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command. For I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. So that's the first of our focal verses. For I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. We don't know for sure that that is the truth. Or if that's just what he says in this scenario. But we would be led to believe that that is correct, that that is at least part of the reason that he did it, other than just he was so puffed up with pride that he thought he would get by, because of what he says a little bit further down. So he's admitting that he disobeyed the Lord's command, but he's giving an excuse, just like we saw in the very beginning of the story of humanity where Eve and Adam blamed the serpent or each other. So many times we don't want to, let's say, we don't want to be embarrassed by the choices that we've made. Or we just don't want to be embarrassed. I do not like to be embarrassed. I am. I do not like to be put on the spot. I, I just do not. And as this day has gone on, I've really begun to think about that. I mean, it's one thing to be embarrassed if you've done the wrong thing. Like that, I, we get that. But like, I just do not like to be put in the spotlight at all. I never have. What is that? Like, what is that about? 
So I'm having to do some gut searching at the moment, just seeing what God is doing in my life. But Saul has been called on the carpet here, and Samuel has told him, you, you did what was wrong. God has given you chance after chance, and God has rejected you. Verse 25 says, But now please forgive my sin and come back with me so I may worship the Lord. That sounds, that sounds like Saul has made a, a heart turn, doesn't it? Well, just keep reading. How many times have you, or those you know, been caught in the act, so to speak, and have admitted possibly fully admitted that you were wrong and didn't give an excuse as Saul did. But really, you just wanted out of the consequences. You didn't fully commit to God and to follow his commands. You just felt the heat of the moment. And all you wanted was to be removed from the fire. And when things cooled down, you went right back to living for the person in the mirror or the person whose opinion mattered most to you. Verse 26, but Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's command, he has rejected you as king of Israel. 27, as Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind. For he is not human that he should change his mind. Well, Samuel is a man after my heart in the fact that he used this opportunity as an object lesson. If you haven't already figured by listening to this podcast, I live in the world of object lessons. That's how my brain functions. I see lessons, teachable moments all around me. It is in my opinion, my greatest giftedness when it comes to teaching God's word. And I'm thankful for it. That's what Samuel was doing. Samuel used that opportunity as Saul tried to hold on to him and tore the hem of his robe to give that vivid example of what God had done with Saul, that he had torn the kingdom of Israel from him today. Using those teachable moments. That's not what we're mainly talking about today, but hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna miss an opportunity to talk to you about being present and looking for those teachable moments. We usually think of them with children and rightfully so. Use every teachable moment to point them to Christ and the life that He has for them. But don't discount the importance of using those teachable moments with adults. Tomorrow, I am going to teach the first Sunday school lesson 
in person in over a year. My class has been meeting online as a result of COVID-19. And tomorrow, we meet together in person for the first time. We're continuing the online part, but we're going to see each other. Like, there are people in my own Sunday school class that I have not seen in over a year. And I have such anxious anticipation of that. Partially just because it's something different. We haven't been here in so long. But mainly because of the weightiness of being the teacher of this class. And the weightiness of not missing this incredible day. It happens to be Mother's Day as well. But this incredible day that has, it it marks the beginning of a new season. And I don't want to miss the opportunity for myself personally, but for everyone in my class, online and in person, to pull lessons from this unbelievable season of time where we have not been able to meet together in person. What is God going to do and how can God use this time to bring us together with one heart for him in a way that we were not before this season of time. Samuel used that opportunity as a teachable moment. And my prayer for myself is that I use it, my opportunity tomorrow as a teachable moment. He continues. Saul comes back and says, Then Saul pleaded again, I know how I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel by, going, by coming back with me so I may worship the Lord your God. What does that sound like to you that Saul is more concerned about? Is he more concerned about the fact that he has sinned before a holy God or that he will be embarrassed before the elders of Israel. This is the second of our focal verses for today. Even being caught, even being chastised by Samuel, who he knows is God's messenger, did not bring Saul to true repentance. He is still more concerned about what others think than his sin and where he stands before a holy God. We do not know exactly why 
verse 31 is as it is. So Samuel finally agreed and went back with him, and Saul worshipped the Lord. But what we do know is that Saul never recovered. Saul was so focused on the opinions of others. And as we continue to watch the absolute downfall of Saul, and we see his paranoia, we see his rage, we see so much dysfunction. But the root is that Saul was not looking to God as the one and only opinion that mattered. He is looking in the eyes of others to see whether he measures up and then he acts accordingly. The end of the chapter is gory. You see Samuel, God's prophet, do what Saul had been called to do. Then Samuel said, bring King Agag to me. So King Agag was the king of the Amalekites, who was, just like all the rest of the Amalekites, was supposed to be killed. God had said to wipe out the entire Amalekite nation. But Saul had spared Agag. Samuel, being God's man, is going to finish the job that Saul chose not to. Agag arrived full of hope, for he thought, surely the worst is over and I've been spared. But Samuel said, as your sword has killed the sons of many mothers, now your mother will be childless. And Samuel cut Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. said it was gory. Then Samuel went home to Ramah, and Saul returned to his house at Gibeah of Saul. Samuel never went to meet with Saul again, but he mourned constantly for him, and the Lord was sorry he had ever made Saul king of Israel. We could spend some time in that last verse, just at the hurt that Saul's actions poured into this godly man Samuel. But more than that, how Saul's sin hurt the heart of God. Did they catch God by surprise? Absolutely not. You've got to remember, why is Saul king of Israel? It's because the Israelites were looking at others. And they wanted to be like the other nations. Hmm. Seems like they were more concerned about the opinions of others than God's. And they called for God to give them a king. Samuel was upset. Samuel felt he was rejected. And God said, it's not about you, Samuel. They're rejecting me. So he named Saul the first king of Israel. Not his chosen king, but the king that was going to be given to the people because they were intent that they were not going to serve the Lord with their whole heart. 
and they got Saul as a consolation prize. But we can learn from Saul. Just like we can learn from the other examples in the Bible. Saul is not that different than you and I. As much as we would like to think that we would do better, that we are more focused on the voice of God and only pleasing Him than we are on pleasing others, do we really live that way? There's this whole idea when it comes to theology, which is the study of God. But when we, when we think about our own theology, we have this spoken theology sometimes. Well, not sometimes. We, we have a spoken theology where it's what we say that we believe. Yes, I believe that God is the, the God. He is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He can protect me in all circumstances and situations. He is my life. That's spoken theology. But then there's functional theology. <laughs> and that's how you live on a daily basis. If we were to follow you around, reality TV on you, what would be your functional theology when it comes to whose opinion matters most, the opinion of man or the opinion of God? All of a sudden, that spoken theology of it only matters to me that I have God's approval and I live like that. We look at the functional theology, the what we see in your life. Whose opinion really matters? Who do you live to please? Who do you fear the most? Who has your reverence and awe? Proverbs 29, 25. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Fearing people and failing God. We all are tempted to do this. Whether it be a fear of man because we are afraid of what they are going to physically do to us, which there is human danger, no doubt about that. Or it's fear of rejection. Fear of embarrassment. Fear of not measuring up. Like, we could go on for a long time of the different fears that come when we are looking at others instead of looking to God and God alone for our source of strength and His eyes of approval. In this game we play called life. Whose eyes do you want to see in the stands? Smiling. The approval. 
the Apostle Paul in Galatians 1.10 wrote, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Woo! Wow. In this passage, if you take it in context, if you go back and look at it, he's talking about the gospel of Christ and the preaching of the gospel of Christ. If you truly want to follow Christ with your whole heart, you are not going to please man all the time. It's not going to happen. If, if your goal each day is to get through the day without making anybody mad or pleasing others, you aren't going to please God. It's just not possible to live in total obedience to God, looking to Him only for your approval and everyone be pleased with you. It's just not. But this day, whose opinion matters? Is it the opinion of those you love? The opinion of those you fear? The opinion of your boss? Or is it truly the opinion of God? For this week's weekly assignment, I ask you to ask the Lord to open your eyes to see whose opinion really matters most to you. His opinion or the opinion of others? I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm just so thankful to God that he's so patient with us because we all, we all fall short in this. We all do. We all have moments or whole seasons of our life where we are looking more to what others think than obeying God. Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. How would the world be changed if we lived that out, moment by moment, day by day? We've got information below on our Facebook group. You can click on that in the show notes. I've decided for this season of time to remove the course that I had taught on the book of Joshua. I may bring it back at some point, but for now, you missed a chance. I'm migrating my former website, which was Getting Healthy All for His Glory. It's about to be taken down. I think it probably will be in about a week is when it will come down. And eventually, that content, as well as new content, including these podcasts, will be housed on Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. That one is under construction and will be for some time. 
you can find this content on my Podbean uh, podcast site, uh, which I updated not too long ago. And it's got every one of the podcasts from number one, about trust and obey, until today's. I just feel like I need to pray for us all before we close out today. Dear Father, I thank you for each person within the sound of my voice, and I thank you, dear God, that you are patient with us just as you were with King Saul. We look at Saul, and we are so tempted to just rail on him because of the choices that he made, and yet we do the same. We so often are so concerned about the opinions of others that we forget that your opinion is the only one that truly matters. Please, dear Father, wake us up before it is too late, not only for ourselves, but for those around us who are waiting for us to live out the Christian life. Dear God, I pray that we each would live lives worthy of you, pleasing you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of you, being strengthened with your power according to your glorious might, so that we might have great endurance and patience and joyfully give thanks to you. Dear God, your will, your purpose, and your plan be done in and through each of us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining me this week. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.